Episode 5 of Season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL Podcast. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined, as always, by my amiga Kylie and my amigo Mars. You can find us on our group account, at Three Amigos FBL, as well as individually, at Kylie FBL, Mars05, and myself, at The Marble Curse. Welcome to the show, folks. Uh, in Game Week 3, we learned that Aguero and Salah are very good at scoring goals. Who knew? Barnes and Pookie showed their class once again with a goal apiece. The Canaries and the Blades bloodied Chelsea and Leicester's nose respectively, but came up just short and left with no points, while Villa and Newcastle respectively opened and closed the game week with unexpected wins over Everton and Spurs to the dismay of Siggy and Kane owners. Um, I know, Mersey, you're among those Kane owners, but we'll come to you in a minute. As is our tradition, we begin our review of the previous game week with the best score. So that this week is our Kylie, who course racked up an impressive 67 points what went well for you in game week three Kylie yeah it was a it was a great game week and especially considering that the defenses were so appallingly bad because I didn't get a clean sheet um so I had saved my transfer the previous week because I knew that I wanted to do a little bit of a mini wildcard and make three moves for a four-point hit um so my moves were Mora Perez, the dreaded Perez, and Wilson out for KDB, Mount, and Pookie. So all of them delivered, uh, which was really great. And uh, the only one that I got rid of that delivered was Wilson, and it was another assist, which is fine. But for me to get De Bruyne, I needed to downgrade him. And I figured I might as well get on the Pookie train just in case it's uh, – or the Pookie party – Sorry, uh, yeah. in case it, <laughs> getting my modes of transport and nicknames wrong at the moment. But um, just in case it, it turned out that he was a Jimenez and, you know, he delivered again. So that's great. Um, and so, so pretty much all my attack except Josh had delivered. Um, and I, the one kind of gamble I, I really took was I benched Virgil van Dijk for Lundstrom. Uh, because I didn't think that uh, Liverpool would keep a clean sheet, although they kind of almost did. So um, I got a little bit nervous there. But, um, yeah, it's it's worked out. And I'm, you know, other than a couple of tweaks here and there, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my team. And I captain yeah. Sterling, so. Nice one. The, you know, the, the benching premium defenders thing, I know it's something we generally do say. Uh, oh, Don't do, uh, well, yeah. Yeah don't do yeah but it's um but it has worked because there's been so few clean sheets this season and it definitely hasn't stung people quite as much um i was i'm second among the amigos this game week with 45 my wild card team um didn't didn't do too great but um but i as as you did i wanted to get on that kdb and pookie trains and um, kdb in particular i could really have gone a minus eight and maybe in hindsight that would proved to be the right thing but but as it turned out it was a low scoring game week in general um didn't do anything too great Rashford Juan Basaka made me pukey um my game week two <laughs> team would have actually scored 52 if left untouched but uh but we can't well pukey a KDB 
and Rashford as well in general. I mean, Rashford on another day would have scored that penalty and we'd be thinking, yes, that's a, a lovely front line of Rashford and Pukki going forward with the fixtures that Man United have. But should we wait and see how, how the wild card went, um, works out in the long run? Um, let me see who else actually the fortune of Emerson um, in defence. I, uh, I think we might talk about him a bit later on. Um, because I think that he's one of those. There's a lot of defenders, the premium defenders that I think are 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 liable to explode. Because I was really impressed with him. I I think he's um he is liable to score one of these game weeks, and hopefully, hopefully he will. Now that I've got him in, uh, Marzi as um the the lowest scoring, and I'm just going to reiterate that the lowest scoring amigo of the game week. Um, tell us how you got on. Um, with yeah, your well, hit. you know, after two after two weeks of the highest scoring, I thought I'd give you guys a chance. I'll give you a chance, Don, but you couldn't even take it. So, um, yeah. Pretty sure one of those who were only like two points ahead of me anyway. So it doesn't really count, does it? Well, um, he's only two points ahead of me even after I took a hit and he took the wild card. So he's making it, uh, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, 47 minus four. So I'm happy with my moves. I went Pookie. I went um, Cantwell. Unfortunately, I benched him, which was a mistake in hindsight. And I was debating it a lot between him and, and Lundstrom. I decided maybe that... Oh, Lundstrom had that clean sheet potential. It was a mistake. Never, never benched Todd. And then, um, oh yeah, I was always planning on getting Kane. That was my first move before Buki even arrived. Yes, I captained Kane. I don't regret it. I think it was the right choice at the time. Um, I was never going to captain Salah, so either him or Sterling, so five points difference. Um, but watching the game, it was just really frustrating because I don't think he even touched the ball in the first half. And could have had a penalty and then Mr. Sitter, well, <laughs> as Sitter comes. And then I also had Mora, who also missed, a, missed an open goal. But fair play to Newcastle. Uh, yeah, mm. but, uh, apart from that, my defence is, is, is the same. as I, I think there was two teams that had clean sheets, Aston Villa and who was the other one? I can't remember now. Palace? Is it yeah. Southampton? It, uh, no, Palace didn't. Yeah. Southampton, yeah. Southampton and Aston Villa. So, yeah. Which is not exactly yet. No, unless you had heat in there. Obviously, we oh, and Newcastle. And Newcastle, yeah. Oh, yes. Good, good one, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, like, I don't think anyone's defence did great this game week. I had, no, uh, no, if, some if you had heat in, if you had heat in. Yeah. Some people had heat in, right? And obviously, with, with us poor owners, uh, with us poor owners, it was like seven minutes in that they decided to give a penalty, which I thought was quite harsh anyway. And that was a sickener, to be honest. But um, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, we won. I, I was happy with the moves. Yeah, excellent. And I mean, another day, Kane would have had a penalty, and uh, and she would have been smiling for the for the podcast tonight. But uh, but anyway, you're always smiling, Mersey. So and I'm sure that a captain fail I'm won't stop smiling. that. I'm still yeah. smiling. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. Um, let's cover off the uh, early standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. The code for which is DJKK19. I believe it's one nine Mars because it's um, L nine man. It's L nine. Well, you know what? Maybe it is L nine. Yeah. Okay. So B J K K L nine. Um. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, us repeating it is probably going to help listeners to actually get the code. Um. I won't be on past them on their podcast player. Uh. The three amigos FBL Classic. So the top of the table is still Eeny Meeny Manny Mo. Um. William O's team. Um. On two hundred and thirty one points overall. Uh, second is FBL Mavericks with 230, so just behind. Um, Abba, Fama, 
Bas Bailey. I'll read out a rude one one of these nights, but uh, he's on two two four points. So um, some nice scores there to start off the season. Um, keep it up, guys. Next up on tonight's show, we, of course, have our Mars's rant. Some people tell their woes to their significant other. Other people let out their angst to their psychiatrist. Mars instead has a rant on an FBL podcast. Marzi, unleash the beast. Well, let, let, <clears throat> let's be honest. Don. The only reason you let Kylie go first is because she's a female, right? Like, um, because, you know, <laughs> we're trying to be nice. In fact, the only reason we have her on her is it's nothing to do with her insight about football is because we wanted I mean what is this bullshit that I'm here reading on Twitter honestly and, and I know all three of us are the same but when I talk to someone or when I respond to someone or when I follow someone I don't look at the sex that amount of followers you know I look at well as long as they're not racist or idiots then I'm fine you know we might have different opinion in football but I mean this all these people trying to be honest, it comes across, you know what I'm talking about. And th- those tweets sometimes come across as somebody is trying hard to look like the Samaritan. Gentleman. Yeah. Exactly. Samaritan, gentleman, it's whatever it is. It's been sexist. But I think, I think sometimes people, people can mean it in the best possible way by going, um, you know, don't talk to someone like that. When you're going, they don't need to. Uh, I know any woman in my life is better able to defend herself than I am. Absolutely. But, and listen, you know, now, some, like, I would say maybe I will. So if I disagree with someone and then I find out it's, it, it's a lady, I might not swear at them. Whereas a guy, if they're swearing at me, I'll swear back, right? That, so that's, it's just, I guess, depends on. But for example, I'll give you my, one of my uh, best friends on Twitter, Lucy, she will tell you, I don't hold back any punches when I want to tell her she's being obsessed with Liverpool or uh, stop talking about Van Dyke. And we have discussions where we agree or disagree or whatever, but I don't hold back because she's a girl. I mean, that would be this, that would be this respecting her. Um, and, and, and what I liked a lot is a lot of the female accounts came out and said, basically, not, not actually, just treat me as, as an FBL player. That's what I am. And please don't be condescending to us. And that's, that's the right way, to be honest. We all play in a game that we like. It doesn't really matter where you're from, what sex you are. As long as you enjoy the game and have good, a good discussion, that's what it should be. So I, I just thought it was stupid. We, probably, we could probably bring, bring Kylie in on this, but I, I think we've pretty much spoken for her. I mean, we've mansplained her, so... She's, um, oh, yeah, she's man, I, I do so, like all other women, I do so much love mansplaining. Um, you know, I, I completely agree. I think everyone has said it there, um, females in any scenario, or men, even if you're in a f- female predominant game or workplace or whatever, you do not need any kind of special treatment. No one wants it. It comes across as quite misogynistic even when it's not intended that way um, and certainly condescending so I think everyone can just drop that and just accept that we're all individuals doing what we're doing and we don't need it to be a relevant point of conversation yeah 100% people attacking people because they're female is different not not you know dependent of it leave it off um, even if you're trying to, to do the right thing or sound like you're doing the right thing, um, yeah. think about it. Um, the big topic of the week. So, of course, this section of the show, we put aside some time to discuss that big talking points in our FBL community on Twitter. 
this week we have a double header. Uh, the first topic, will we ever see a clean sheet again? As we mentioned in our intro, with so few, we've had so few um, clean sheets this season. Is it time to divest from underperforming premium defenders, such as, of course, Liverpool's Andy Robertson? Um, I want to touch on him majorly because I know he is somebody that people came into the season. He's high ownership, but he's been unlucky in his um, in his return so far. Um, coverage of Chelsea, United, Liverpool and City this weekend offered a paltry four to eight points, depending on who you had, with only TA among the premium options returning in any way, thanks to his own assist. Kylie, um, what's your thinking on this um, sudden sudden scarcity of clean sheets? We can't seem to rely on them. Big at the back was definitely a, um, a, a policy coming into the season. But um, F- FBL Puck was asking, is five at the back dead? Um, Chris Rylands at Chris Rylo was asking, having both v- Robertson and VVD, what would you do? I'm complimenting, wait, I'm contemplating waiting another game week for two free transfers, but will it be too late then? Um, and then FBL Thunder at Thunder66 UK was asking, what do you think of a defense of Digne? Three rotating 4.5s plus Lundstrom and put money into the midfield and forward. So divesting from that big at the back um, scenario. So what are you thinking, Kylie, on it, um, on this whole clean sheet debacle? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very difficult because certainly in game week one, there was a lot of clean sheets and a lot of people did really, really well out of um, their defences, whether it was clean sheets or, or attacking returns. And we certainly haven't seen that in the last couple of weeks. I think it's five teams who have got a clean sheet over the last two game weeks. And certainly some of them, aside from maybe Everton last week, um, they weren't really highly owned. I know that quite a few people have Heaton from Villa, but but the rest of them, I mean, no one's really got Newcastle, um, Southampton, these kind of teams, and they're not the teams that we're expecting to see clean sheets from, especially when a number of the attack, uh, the sort of attack-minded defenders, those premium ones that we've invested in, are... They, they started off with good fixtures, so Liverpool, City, um, you know, Everton this week, I guess, um, and they haven't really been delivering. So, yes, it is very frustrating, especially when we're starting to see not so much in the forwards because, you know, outside of maybe Aguero and to a less explosive extent, Aubameyang, it's really been the cheap forwards who have been performing. But what we've seen is that there's, premiums um that the heavy hitters in midfield really are delivering um and just the way the prices are going it does look like a 352 is becoming increasingly attractive especially when you have options like Cantwell and so on so you can see why people would be tempted to take their four or five man defense and look at how they can shift their formations to a something like a 352 for me i you know, I am sort of in that boat to a degree um, because I do have four premium defenders and indeed I benched one of them this week and um, that includes a double Liverpool defence and that's one of the concern areas for me. I mean, I have Trent and Virgil and I'm happy to keep Trent even though there are concerns over maybe him missing a, a, a match. I mean, people said he might miss the, the Arsenal one and he didn't. But there is obvious upside. We've seen a couple of assists from him already. What's interesting is that I think Robertson, just in watching him and, it, you know, when you look at the numbers, I do think that the returns are there around the corner. I think he's going to deliver over the course of the season. I mean, he's had more penalty area touches than 
Trent has in the last few game weeks. He's had more goal attempts, which is unusual for, for Robertson. He's had six goal attempts to uh, – sorry, yeah, he's had six goal attempts to five for Trent. So I don't know if I'd be jumping so quickly to get rid of Robertson. I know people are panicking because his price is going down. Um, maybe you want to get rid of Virgil if you have him. If you have maybe Robertson and Trent and that combination and you're not seeing the returns and you think that with Robertson going down in price, maybe Trent goes up in price, you know, it might be worth it. But I think I just still wouldn't jump the gun too much. I know we've seen a lot of hyperactivity in goals in the last couple of weeks, but I wouldn't go completely changing things because there are still premium option, premium options delivering. Um, Denier has been fantastic despite the one-pointer this week. We've had a lot of returns out of him. I think there's still plenty of points to be had for City defence. I wouldn't want to double up on any of these defences, but I still think that it's absolutely just to keep your premium defenders. You might just maybe want to go three premium defenders instead of four. Mm -hmm. So that would kind of be my general take. That's what I'd be thinking too, is to reduce him down. I personally, if I had Trent, I would, uh, I think he's the, uh, he's the one premium defender, which I really don't want to be without for too long. At the moment, I don't have any Liverpool coverage in defense because on my wildcard, I actually did do that. I moved away from them. Um, but, but having said that, I think Trent for his assists and everything like that is, is explosive. And Robbo, you're right. I think he actually looks like he's more hungry this year. Like he does, he does yeah. Get on that score sheet. Um, so sure, we we shall wait and see what way the what way the premium um, the premium defenders will continue on. I know a lot of the research showed that that they do tend to be more reliable. You do get your your money's worth basically with those premium options. But to start the season, they definitely have hurt people with that strategy. And um, what's your thinking, Mersey, on it? Have you are you in agreement with myself and Kay? <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. I don't see the point of doubling up right now because of the lack of the clean sheets. But if you have I mean, if you have Trent, he's delivered an assist in, in two out of the three games. Mm. What else do you want? Right, that's not bad, right? For, it, it, he didn't get the clean sheet, but he got you an assist. So it's, it's, it's still good. It's, it's, yeah. um, and, and as we said about Robbo, watching him as a Liverpool fan, you can see he's actually going for goals sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I can see the, the interest in trying to, to do the sideways move. Look, I think Trent is the best option out of the three. I currently have Van Dijk, mainly because I wanted Liverpool coverage and I, I, I was worried more maybe about the rotation of Trent. But if I was to wildcard or to move or there's no other fires, probably Van Dijk to Trent would be something that I'll be looking at. So I agree with what you said. Good stuff. Thanks, Mia Mersey. Um, Thunder, of course, uh, Jeff was actually asking about the Digne and rota- rotating four and a half plus Lundstrom. Um, I think that's good because Digne, Digne has been, uh, I think he is still, is he the top scoring defender in the game so far? Um, he, he, he definitely looks explosive. Now, the problem with him, of course, and I was watching Everton the last day and they didn't do much for me on Friday Night Football, but of all the players in the pitch, he still Digne created. Does yeah, he's still he brilliant. Now, the four is, chances. He's he's the problem is who he is to pass the ball to. Everyone seems yeah. to be out of form. Um, we'll see if Keane might uh, spring a bit of a you know a bit of an impetus in that in that forward line, but Calvert Lewin definitely isn't doing it at the moment. So we shall wait and see on that one. 
Um, let's kick on to the second part of our topic of the week, um, and that is our Wolves, the Burnley of 2018-19, and our Burnley, the Wolves of 2018-19. Thanks to a very late penalty, Jimenez saved the day for his managers, but Wolves have begun the season much like Son, Sean Dyche's similarly appreciated side when they qualified for the Europa League competition last season. However, both began the Europa League campaigns looking far from the best versions of themselves. Marzi, do you see a correlation here between, I know we were all really, really fancying the defensive assets in particular from Burnley, and then the Europa League exploits, they definitely did impact on their Premier League form. Are we seeing a similar type of thing with Wolves? And um, what's your kind of thinking on what people should do with Diego Yota? Flapjack at Flapjack FBL was asking definitely about that one. He's he's totally um, not impressed with Yacht at the moment, but not sure what quite to do with him. Yeah, it's an interesting one with Wolves. Like <clears throat> we said when we first did our pre uh, like preseason pod or before game week one, we said we need to be careful with them because of the fixtures and because of Europa. And it's probably one of the few ones that well, one of the ones that we got right, um, along with other. Pods that that's suggested the same thing. Um, when you look, I mean, listen, we've seen that um, it's proven that Europa does hamper the the, the team and the preparation. It's not it's not it's not so much the preparation; it's more about the rotation of the team or, or sometimes uh, the explosiveness, if you like. Lino Jimenez, uh, uh, Jota, and actually Wolves in general, they put it in the first team out at the moment. In Europe, and what and, and what people are getting frustrated with is they played some easier games until Torino, which still, to be honest, is quite an easy game, and they're scoring, and then they come to the Premiership, to the Premier League games, and they're not doing much, and um, unfortunately, sometimes it's it could be the tiredness because the Thursday Sunday thing, or maybe just the quality of the defense that they're facing. I mean, they did have three difficult fixtures, although they've been quite strong at home. Um, Interestingly, the rotation that we're seeing is more with the with the wing backs, especially Doherty. He he, he really has is not been the same as last season, sharing time with with Torore. Um, and my concern, if I was a, a um, an owner of Wolves assets, is the fact that they have four strikers right now. So you've got Jota, Jimenez, then you've got Cotrone and and Neto. Now, uh, last game, Neto actually came because they, they were chasing, I assume, or they wanted to get the three... Uh, yeah, they were chasing to get the equaliser. Uh, Neto was, replaced um, a midfielder. But I, I can see times where once these, the new two boys get, get um, adjusted in, that maybe they will be replacing the, the Jota or the Jimenez, especially if they're tired or as the Europa gets more difficult and as you get into the group stages and you travel more further distances, tougher fixtures. Now, I haven't watched, I, I was watching, uh, like, look in and out of the Wolves game yesterday. They, they, it looked like they had few attacks, but we have to remember, they were playing Burnley, and Burnley are quite strong defensively. Um, and so I think I can see, see the frustration of the Jota owners because he's had chances, and that's sometimes all you want to know. But I can see uh, you want your strikers to get the chances and obviously put them through. But but at least he's getting the chances. So if you compare him to Kane, Kane had nothing in the last get two games actually now at home and away. Um, but I can see the the reason why people are looking to move because around his price tag there is so many options. You've got Barnes, 
direct replacement or maybe now point one higher, or, although Jota might have decreased in price now. You've got Pookie, mm. who's, who's going mental. He has, so I think he it's has, about yeah. point 0.2 difference now, yeah. Point 0.2, point 0.2, exactly. So unless you're on a wild card or you have some money spare or you're doing a double move. So I can see why people, you know, even if you go up one more, Hala is starting to, you know, he got a couple of goals, although I wait. We were, we were Some people were hoping more be more. Pi will do more, but Brighton, was it a false negative? Or, yeah, in, in, in a false, uh, false positive in the first game. And now we're seeing the, the typical Brighton. Don't know. So we need to wait and see. But So I can see why people want... And, and with Jimenez, I think at that price as well, he scored... So far, it's one penalty, and that was in the 97th minute. Again, I can see why people would want to move on with Rashford's fixtures. Let's forget the penalty, uh, the penalty miss uh, or even um, downgrade to, uh, to Puki and move on to um, a higher midfield. Now, with Burnley, actually, I've been quite impressed with Burnley, and they've had some good fixtures as well. And Barnes is just, the train is, is not deraining. He's, he's on fire. I mean, his goal yesterday was absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. I, I feel for those who started with Wood ahead of Barnes, and, you know, you can't kick yourself. Wood, Wood had chances. Wood is starting, and Wood is good. It's just Barnes is taking his chances. And, again, I can see, you know, I, I never say, sorry, go, go ahead, Don. No, I know we will be getting on a lot to the Barnes and Pookie thing in our in our listener questions because mm. I know that there are definitely people that are um that that managers are looking at, but I know that I think that as you're saying there, I think the Yota the Yota pricing and I know that was something we actually mentioned in the preseason was there's a lot of players around his price tag, which are you know an easy move one to the other one. The problem is is when he's losing value, as I know that I don't know, Kylie, are you in that boat? Um I know a lot of managers are yes. in the boat where they're now priced out by like point two, point three, which is painful um to to actually get rid of Yotta. Uh, and it's kind of a debate on whether, you know, what to do in that situation. Um because I know that like was was I, I said in the preseason, it was one of them ones that I kind of jumped back and forward on whether or not Wolves, because they were so good last season, whether they were good enough to overcome that Europa League fixture congestion and maybe, you know, having been a little bit more of a marked team in people's fixture list, that they're going to look at them and know that they're coming up against a top team as opposed to one of the promoted sides. Look, so uh, I think that, you know, yeah, it, I mean, price fall is a big thing, I think. It is, yeah. I mean, it it is a difficult situation and there seems to be quite a lot of us that are in that same boat because we've kind of come through the first couple of fixtures reasonably frustrated that he hasn't delivered given all of his efforts in Europa League but also with probably other bigger concerns you know people wanting to get in Pookie get in De Bruyne or you know if they didn't have Kane or if they didn't have Sterling or whatever it was there's quite substantial moves that other people wanted to make and so we were all kind of happy to leave Jota there knowing that you know, he certainly had form, while not in the Premier League. He did have form, so it was maybe not the greatest concern in our teams. But it does come to a point now where just before an international break and you're weighing up this whole thing of do I, if I don't have any major fires to put out, do I want to hold a transfer and maybe go into the international break with two transfers? We know injuries can happen and so on. Or do I want to cut my losses He's 6'4 now. It's a really awkward price. If, like me, you don't have money in the bank, um, what do you do? The obvious move, particularly for Pookie owners, is to bring in Barnes. But as you said, he, you know, we're priced out of that. So do we 
take a hit to move him on? Do we go lower? And he's not an awful option compared to maybe some of like Perez, right? I was so excited to get Perez out of my team because I just didn't feel that he had it and he didn't have it in that team at the moment. And that's not to say he won't, but he just looks lost. Whereas Jota, we know he plays with these people well. We know he can deliver. So do we hold or not? It's a difficult question and it's kind of each to their own. My my concern is Wolves in general are struggling to score. I mean, if you look at the three games that they've played, nil-nil, then a screamer from Neves. And a, and a last minute and a, and a seventh minute penalty. Penalty, yeah. Apart from that, now, like we said, they've had chances, but there is something going on right now. So I understand what Kyle is saying. And, you I think know, it's you, fatigue. I mean, they're it could be, running it could a mark in Europa. Absolutely. It could be fatigue. And it's only going to get more difficult now once you go into the, into the group fixtures and, and, um, and, and you, you could be getting games in Russia and Macedonia and travel a lot more. And if you look at their fixtures, they've got Everton away, Chelsea home, Crystal Palace away, Watford home, and then Man City away. Now, I'd say there's maybe one and a half games that are good out of those. Now, if you mm. compare, compare to Burnley, who've got Liverpool, and then after that, they've got nice fixtures. Um, if you com- and then if you think about form, because I know there's a question later, so I won't touch too much on it. We start with fixtures because we don't know the form. But now you can see a pattern and you can see who's on form, who's hot. And I would say this, like if you don't have many other fires or if you're worried about not owning either Pookie or Barnes, don't, don't wait. Jump off and then once Wolves start running again, if they do, you can always can jump back on. That's, that, that would be my advice. Don't think too much about it. I wouldn't do yeah. it for a hit, though. I no. think if you can do it for free, yeah, it makes absolute sense for all those reasons. There's no reason to carry Jota. But if you if you don't have the money to be able to do it, I don't think it's worth getting him out this week for free. It's my only yeah. thinking. I mean, for a hit, sorry. Well, that's that's good. That's good. Um, we'll kick on with the listener questions, folks, because um, it'll it'll re- lead right into um, to following on from our Yotta talk, because it is, of course, the budget forward section. Um, Adam P at three five poo on well, he's on a wild card at the moment with the pain for Kane falling mainly at the lane. Is a move Oba Kuhn uh, best, or is it time to ditch premium forwards altogether? Are Barnes and Pookie the real deal? And FBL Nilock at FBL underscore Nilock asks, no Kane, no pain. And Bikesh Shreshla um, at Shreshla underscore LFC asks, hold on to Kane, haven't transferred him out, only to blank or move to six to seven mil options. Um, so Marzi, there are a lot, of course, of the, um, of the top, of the top players in the game, actually the forwards in the game are those cheap options. Um, Aguero is like has has obviously done the business, but a lot of the other ones haven't. So, what are your thoughts on the big man up front formation? Because um, I know you definitely kicked off the season and you've you've done it to good effect so far. And then we'll kick on to discuss some of the budget forwards, which are the talk of the community and comprise the majority of our listener questions. Yeah, let's call it Aguero hat trick right now. Yeah, against Brighton. Um, mm. listen, Aguero and Fit is one of the best players. Um, we were all worried about the Cooper, uh, the Cooper America, him coming back. Jesus now Jesus is injured until uh, after the internationals, so he becomes an option. So talking about the man, big man up front, I, I I was very clear that in my plans um, I was going to have a premium forward, and it was likely to be Kane. I started with Boomerang and switched, which worked until the last switch. 
Um, so it was working fine because I had Mora. Um, and then I, I sense the frustration. Feel uh, I, I get what people are saying. Uh, you know, you can cancel the Man City game, but you really do expect a lot better from Kane uh, versus Newcastle at home. And watching that game, just the way Newcastle defended with two sets, two banks of four, it was like they had they had the inner Benitez. Uh, Bruce had his inner Benitez in there. So personally, and and to the people, you know, if you got him in um, just last week, I mean, I, I would I'm holding for the derby. For a couple of reasons. One is I think that the Derby and the Arsenal defence are... They, you can get at them. And Arsenal will not sit back like Newcastle did. So it will be an open game. He has a good record. I believe he has six and seven or seven and six goals. Uh, yes, his form in the last two games hasn't been great. But I think that... Well, <laughs> we said Man City outplayed Tottenham. They didn't give them the ball. But then also uh, T- Tottenham had all the ball. But they just couldn't, couldn't get to Newcastle. So we're making excuses now. But for me... So it's it's those two things, the the derby and his record. Also, maybe the fact that I want to go into the interna- international break with um, with two with two transfers. Or, or um, no, sorry, I I had other plans to to bring in uh, De Bruyne, and and I'm not going to move him on yet. Um, but if you have money in the bank, or if you are downgrading somewhere else and you want to bring Aguero. It's Aguero's Aguero, and he's an FPL legend, and he's playing Brighton at home. And then the fixtures after the internationals are also brilliant, and he's not going with Argentina. Uh, Jesus might be back. I still think they will share time when he's back, but there's an argument to say don't look too too far in the future and think about the, at least the next set of games and Aguero will deliver. So personally, I think I will stay with Kane and then reassess after the international break. I'm probably downgrade for a while, especially if the if the budget forwards are doing well. And then I have my wild card if I need to reassess and go back to a premium to a premium forward. But there is an argument right now, just to finish off on the premium forwards, that you can a premium forward plus a four point five is matched and even beaten by a budget forward and a budget mid like let's for example take Pookie and Mount. Yeah, those two yeah. will probably outscore, yeah. outscore, outscore Aguero and a 4.5. Let's put Todd Cantwell to one side because that was, if Todd continues to, to do that, then that gives you a chance. But also, Todd Cantwell allows you, and then Donka allow you to have the premium defenders or the Sterling, Salah, and KDB. So you kind of like need a lot more to, more than one 4.5 delivering on consistent basis to, to, ha- to have Aguero plus that beating uh, Amount and Pookie, for example. Yeah, what I what I hated about my wildcard draft with Kane in there, I mean, I came in and my wildcard draft to start off, but I changed out then to getting having Rashford and Pookie up front because I just hated my two bench forwards. They were the, you know, Wickham-Greenwood kind of combo. It's this absolute dredge in the, you know, in the bargain bucket. Um, and I just hated having my bench that week that was one reason why I went and went against having one of the big, big guns up front because it fitted in perfectly fine. looked lovely. Kane against Newcastle, it, you know, as you did when you captained him, it looked like it was points written in stone. 
But um, yeah, yeah, no, there definitely is an argument for the for the budget forwards. But I think you're right. If you have Kane at the moment, and people in particular, if they got him in for Newcastle, um, jumping off right away is um, would be would be a bit foolhardy because Arsenal, as Liverpool showed, they will have plenty of attempts. Um, Spurs will, um, and they won't be they won't be up against that banked Newcastle defence. Um, because but it's Arsenal also really it's also just side note a case of um, Kane's positioning. I mean, like he didn't have a single shot on target, I don't think, in that match. Um, but he's playing really deep when both Mora and Son play. Um, now, they probably won't play together. The, the three of them probably won't play together for much longer, right? Because there are they do have options and Ali's coming back and Ericsson dropped out of the side there. And so I think Mora's days are numbered, potentially somewhat unfairly to him. So maybe we'll see a change for Kane in that regard. Uh, you know, I my view has always been that I, I do think, with the exception of certain pockets in time, you know, when Aguero – now, Aguero is somewhat of an, a, a different example, right, because he, he's a fairly reliable predictor of form um, because great fixtures at home, he, he performs and he's very captainable. Um but, you know, the likes of some of the other ones, it's just really hard to, to get the same benefit out of them as you will get with a, a similarly priced midfielder like a Sterling or a Seller. For some of the reasons that we mentioned in our earlier pods, you know, they, they get obviously the extra point, they get the clean sheet point. Over the course of a season, this can rack up to a quite substantial amount and consistently the premium midfielders tend to be the top performing um, FPL assets in the game in terms of the total number of points they get at the end of the season. So I think, you know, often it comes down to people weighing up the, you know, more premium midfielders um, and a budget forward versus, like Mars was saying, you know, a premium uh, forward and then maybe a cheaper midfield uh, player. I mean, I have Jota and Pookie. I just got rid of my semi-premium in Wilson and, and that will not be a viable strategy for the entirety of the season because we will see those premium players go through pockets of form and, you know, it can be detrimental to not get on them for sure. But for the moment, it's it's working. So, but I do agree. I think if I, now kicking on to Pookie and Barnes. Ignorant player at Ignorant player was asking, has the Pookie party ended and the Barnes train left? Um, let's talk about these two either as an either or kind of situation. So for those people who prefer not to put two of them up front, but they'd maybe rather combine them with, say, an eight to a nine million option, or if they're really going big at the top front to combine with the likes of Kane or Aubameyang or so on. Which of the two, Pookie or Barnes, do you prefer and why? Kylie, I'll come to you first on it. I find this really, really difficult, right? Because there's not actually a lot to split them. The, you know, Pookie is slightly more creative um, in that he's creating chances. Barnes isn't. Barnes is, is scoring them. I mean, they're both scoring them, you know, but they've got similar efforts on goal. So there's a lot of really similar statistics there. So that doesn't necessarily account for why um, why Pookie has gone completely bananas and Barnes hasn't, especially given that Barnes's fixtures are arguably better. But they obviously have Liverpool next, which isn't a good fixture. Um, but, you know, 
Norwich then have City. Um, I think in terms of preference, I find it quite hard to split them. Maybe in, in, in an odd way, Barnes, for me, just because I've had a good history with him and I find he can be quite a reliable player. He does like the other card and sometimes you feel like he's going to get sent off, but it adds a bit of excitement to a game. But I mean, the, the reason I went Pookie is simply because it, it was, you know, we see bandwagons and sometimes I would be reluctant to get on them, but it just felt like that was one that was gaining such considerable momentum and he was going up far faster that I felt like it made more sense for me to jump onto him because it would be much easier for me to move from Pookie to Barnes should that have proved to be the wrong decision. Quite difficult to do it the other way around without extra money in the bank. Granted, if Barnes continues to be as consistent as he's been, then I think we will see that pick up pace. And I think you will see a lot of forward lines that consist of just Pookie and Barnes while people dispense with the other you know, your Wilson Vardy options altogether. Mm, yeah, I think so, definitely, because, I mean, the Burnley fixtures are very, very nice going forward. Yeah. And how about yourself, Mersey? Uh, the two of them are, of course, on fire, Burns and Pookie, but if you were choosing between the two of them, yeah, we're on a wild yeah. card, which one of them would you be going for? I think I'll be going Pookie uh, for a couple of reasons. Say it's 2.8% on versus 8.7 or something like that. So, you know, if Pookie delivers... He's going to start hurting you. I believe it's 32.8. I mean, I was shocked when I saw that, but I just checked now. It doesn't surprise me the way he's, he's flying. So there's one reason. The other one is interesting, and maybe it's just my, my bias against Burnley in a way. I just think Norwich will score more, and the way they play and the all-out attack that they're doing, even coming to Anfield. You know, sometimes Burnley, they will go back, they'll go to the big teams and sit back. Even against Arsenal, they did sit back a little bit. Um, and I just think... Puki will be more explosive than Barnes. Now, saying this, Barnes is absolutely is a great option, and there's a high chance that um, after the internationals, I will probably be having Puki and Barnes for a while. Whilst you know, going with their form um, and their good fixtures, as Kylie mentioned, until I see some, you know, seeing what else is around, see if there's a, a premium that jumps out, a premium forward. But if I had to choose right now, and I don't have either, I'll probably go Puki if I can afford both because of the ownership and just I find him more explosive. Yeah, and and he does have the benefit of the name Timu Puki because when I saw it on the um I didn't have a clue who he was before the game started and before the league started this season. But I did look at the name and went, oh, I hope he is someone that's fantasy relevant because he's he's a team name waiting just to happen like it's uh and the Puki party gifts, loving them all. People complaining about seeing them all the time. I love them. But um I we, we have saying Mar- about Marcy, I can't believe Sorry, you're after all of our Burnley fan listeners, by the way, with uh, with suggesting that Norwich might be a more entertaining watch than uh, the Burnley. Well, you know, like I'm just being honest in what I'm watching, but I love the way Burnley play. They're coming to we playing them next, so we, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we have to be nice about it. But no, listen, like I said, it could be my bias from previous years because I've seen Burnley. Be more more creative. We've got McNeil. We've got good uh, good Monson who, who are doing re, you know creating and are creative players. It's just I don't know. I see Barnes scoring one yeah, one yeah. a game, whereas the explosiveness of Pookie. Now yeah, Barnes uh, hat trick against Liverpool's second. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, what were you going to say there? Were you coming in with something on me there? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think a lot of people were kind of in your boat there in terms of the Timo Puki, Timu Puki. Is it Timu? Yeah, Puki yeah. name um, and wanting that to be an attractive asset. I, I mentioned last week that my mom got rid of Kane for Puki in a crazy renegade mood for, uh, move for his hat trick. But the primary reason that she did that was because she liked his name. There was no, uh, no stats or anything else behind it. Uh, Oftentimes the best reason in the world to go for a player or a horse or a dog. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, let's kick on with Tammy Abraham. Marzi, I want to come to you on him. Two cracking goals of the weekend. FBL Sick Note asks, is Tammy Abraham a viable option over Pookie? So what's your thinking on him? Obviously, he's sharing a bit of time with Giroud, maybe up front, but um, he did look great at the weekend. He does look great. I don't think he's a viable. I don't think he's an alternative. I think right now, if you were to choose, you would go with Puki. There's, I keep saying, like it's it's what we people refer to, to as the boring move, or don't be too clever about it. The guy is owned by one in three players, and he's on fire, and his price is rising. Yes, Abraham took two goals. Brilliant. Let's see if he can continue to do that. If he continues to be the number one striker at a top six club at seven million, absolutely fantastic option. And I think he, I think he will continue with him. I think, I think Lampard really wants to push Mount and Abraham, which is brilliant for, for the young English players, bring for the English fans, and brilliant for us FPL players because they're quite cheap at a top six club. But let's see if he can continue doing that. And now, you know, it's, it's, it's the same for for Halla, for example. Yeah, they score the breaks. Let's see if they can continue doing it because Puki has shown in three games, they've done it. So yeah. there's a reason That's, to jump on that. I know we have had definitely. The just one thing, Kylie, and I'll bring you in then because I want to push on with actually Haller, um, who Mars mentioned a minute ago there. But um, uh, yeah, that was what I was going to talk about anyway. We were of oh, very good, but we were of course going to um, all kind of looking at the Chelsea situation and seeing who did emerge as a forward option for them. Um, and at seven million, I mean, it's it is great, great value. Um, Mount is another one, but um, but up front, definitely Abraham uh, put his hand up a bit at the weekend. Um, Kylie, the Haller option, of course. Uh, who is what's his name? Uh, Shashank Patol, FBLJRF was asking, are West Ham assets a trap? They seem to blow hot and cold. There are um, options, of course, such as Anderson or Lanzini, which we can hit later in the show. But now, as part of this section, I want to talk about Haller. Um, how does he stack up against those other options um, with the Hammers having a fantastic course run of fixtures coming from an attacking standpoint? Yeah, so they, they really do have a great run of fixtures. Um, and I mean, obviously, he's only just scored. So, you know, when, when you see that, you sort of wonder, OK, it's taken, you know, I don't think he played the first week. Right. But he's played two games, certainly. Um but he's, he's scored now, and, and indeed, uh, Haller and, and Abraham's kind of a, a good point of reference because there's not that much difference in price between them. Um, and they both just went and scored um, a couple of goals. But actually, if you look at it statistically, there is quite a substantial gulf between the two, with Haller coming up much better across the board, shots on target, baseline BPS, you know, pretty much everything. Um, certainly shot accuracy is like on an 80% shot accuracy or something at the moment. Um, so while he wouldn't be super prolific with shots, he's he's accurate with them. And I think with the fixtures there and a perceived view of, of more stability in terms of his position in that team, he would be the one that I would look at. 
I would caveat this as assuming you've kind of got at least one of Pookie or Barnes given the situation. Um, but if you're looking for something different and you're looking in this price range, I think that he could be viable. The reality is for a 7.4 or whatever he is, yeah, you probably want, you know, a reasonable amount. But, I mean, Jimenez is the same price and he barely scraped a goal there. And that's only because it was his turn on pens, not Nevis's this week. Um, I think that they're a viable option simply because often fixtures are a good predictor of form. He would have some confidence now after scoring on the weekend. No, I don't think that West Ham are the most reliable team by any measure. I don't think that... The first game week when they played City is an accurate read for them, however. They do have a lot of their players back. You know, Lanzini is a great creative force for that team. So I think that if you want to go something different and you're keen to do that, maybe you already have Pookie or maybe you're just very stubborn. But I think that he could be a good one. And the reality is, as we would say, if you go for that price range, and you give him a few weeks with great fixtures and you're not feeling it, it is an easy move to another viable option who's still scoring at that point, whether that's Pookie Barnes or someone else. Great, great point. Would yeah. you would you guys say would you guys say that three four three could potentially be back with three budget forwards? I mean it, you it could, could be you if they get, continue scoring like that, absolutely. yeah. It's very Pookie, possible. Pookie Barnes plus uh, Abraham as a top six or Hala. Uh, you, you know, you've got you've got options and, and, and playing the likes of Cantwell um, in midfield as well as Parvey with your four, um, because of course you don't want to you don't want to downgrade from um, Sterling and and even Salah and KDB looking great at the moment. There's so many options, but I think yeah, definitely I think that the 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 rebirth of the third forward could um, could definitely be a bonus. All we need is a Martial injury and Greenwood to start, and Martial is at the moment injured, huh? Yeah, yeah. But, but keep, we're obviously all keeping our eyes on that one to see how that develops. We um, I saw earlier on on Twitter the what was the name of the guy who who got an awful lot of flack last season for Jackson. for uh, like yeah Jackson yeah suggesting that there is that there is a bit of an issue there um and that he may miss out. But and we Sanchez might become an that. option at five point five or whatever he's worth seven. Or yeah. What is he? Well, seven? he's he's actually gone down to about six point eight I think now or something. But uh, <laughs> but for people who did have him at the beginning. Um, that is you mentioning about the form over fixtures. The next question on our listeners question was from Hindu Monkey. Um, and Monkey was asking, are we all playing form over fixtures? People are piling on successful assets so far, but West Ham, Palace and Burnley have superb upcoming runs. Marzi, you mentioned earlier on that, you know, in the preseason, it is all about looking at the fixtures because we don't know the form. But um, do you think that this maybe stage of the season is for time for us? We've seen enough probably of these teams to have a bit of an idea of where they are um, that maybe we should be looking more at form rather than actually looking at that fixture list and deciding which ones are optimum fixtures. I personally still think it's a combination of both, right? Uh, in, my, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, when I pick players now, I look at their fixtures, I look at how they play and are they, are they getting the chances? Is their team being, is their team creating? I mean, look, the best example of, um, fixture over form is bringing Kane in and it was the right fixture but unfortunately um, maybe maybe the two late goals against Villa were uh, uh, kind of blinkered us and actually the performance against City and Newcastle now is what we should be looking at so the form was not hot but the fixture was right so to, you know for, for uh, Hindu Monkey brings a, a great point those teams do have some good fixtures but I, I don't 
particularly agree with everything that he was saying, though, because I think we all said at the beginning, you can't rely on the form. You go with what you know from before. But look at the fixtures. We said, you know, Wolves have tough ones. City have good ones. Liverpool have good ones. So you go with the with these guys. Maybe at the at the budget end, you look at. We all said, you know, like kind of um, look look at those guys who have the easier fixtures. Start with them and see what happens. So we we did that. Now something. Now you look at the next, let's say four or five set of fixtures. So Burnley have got good fixtures. West Ham have got have got good good fixtures. Chelsea have got good fixtures. United had good fixtures. Another good example of. Fixture versus form was maybe United, right? They haven't been firing, and then they come against Palace, and they get undone. So sometimes it's not all about the fixtures. You have to kind of like um, it, 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 that's what FPL does to you. Um, the one thing that I would also argue against is you would argue that Norwich have a couple of a few tough fixtures coming up. I think Puki has shown so far that he's fixture proof because he scored against two uh, two of the top six teams. I mean, what else? What else? Do you expect from a six point what eight now seven? Let's say sub seven forward. No, we we didn't get that before. Normally, you see those teams they get they get hardly any chances against the top six, and then maybe they could be flat uh, track bullies against teams around them. But no, he's showing that at the moment. I would say he's him along with Sterling uh, and Salah and maybe KDB are fixture proof. That's hardcore, but I would agree with quite. Uh, essentially with what Miles is saying. And there's a, there's another point that you kind of um, hinted at there, which is that um, we can read form for now, and so obviously form is what dictates bandwagon, bandwagons. Um, and so often you want to get on a bandwagon when you've seen uh, a promising player deliver and they've, they've shown you something that suggests there could be some extended form there um, and you want to get them in your team. But that's that's you just kind of maybe a step behind or, or trying to keep up with the, the general trend. The thing is to really get ahead, you know, differentials are thrown around all the time, but largely how you're going to identify differentials is not on the basis of existing exemplary form because they wouldn't be very differential then. It's usually because you're seeing an opportunity in the fixtures for someone who maybe they haven't delivered really on returns, but their underlying stats have been really good or they've passed the eye test, but they just haven't got the goal. And you're seeing them uh, seeing an opportunity in upcoming fixtures. So this example might be West Ham, for example, Um, as a complement to the form-based choices that you have in your team. So do you think it is a balance at all times? No, that's very, very true. You need to have a couple of those players a little bit of looking ahead as opposed to just going along with the flow because you never really catch up. Um, the Let me see. Mark Donny was asking about he's um, seriously contemplating a minus four for two Norwich players. Um, am I completely mad? No. If their names are Cantwell and Pookie, you're, you're not completely mad. I would um, I would think that both of them are no-brainers, Cantwell in particular, um, at his price. He just offers so much attack and potential, and at that price, he's going to be an enabler, a big-time enabler for you. Um, so, no, Mark, we're, we're saying no on that one. You're not completely mad. Um, Kylie, come to you on the next one, which are, are our cherries past their sell-by date? Jonathan Strack, Jay Strack1, was asking, is it time to ditch Bournemouth assets? Would you take a minus eight to bring in Aguero, Abraham, Cantwell for Kane, King and Frazier? Bearing in mind, he'll probably captain Aguero versus Brighton. He also has Salah and Sterling. 
Sankul or Mandavia was asking any advice on what to do with Callum Wilson and Joshua King. Will they ever get started? And FBL Puck was at, talking about Wilson, three FBL assists in three games. Keep or look elsewhere, Haller for the hot run. So we've we've kind of talked on Haller earlier on and maybe as a move away from Wilson for that. But um, what's your thinking on Bournemouth, Kylie? Um, I, with that tri- that minus eight, um, would you agree with me? I think I, I probably wouldn't advise that because... Um, no. Chelsea, Kane for a minus eight is always going to be um, one of those ones that can be a sickener. Yeah, that could be rife with <laughs> with uh, disappointment. I mean, yeah, I can see the, I can understand why Aguero in for home against Brighton would look really appealing, but it is still a potentially short term move with Aguero. And if you're starting at a minus eight, you're not really giving yourself um, the biggest window of opportunity to overcome that hit um i do so, probably three players that he would get but i probably wouldn't go with a minus eight for it no um, exactly yeah. i'd probably look to do uh, to to split that up you know maybe do a hit there and a hit there kind of thing um i i wouldn't want to be taking and i don't have an issue with hits early in the season if you're buying sort of semi long-term um assets that you're going to keep in for a reasonable period, enough time for them to accrue the hit back and then potentially deliver really good returns that'll justify it. I just think when you're taking someone like Kane out in what is effectively a grudge match, it's a match that he typically performs well in. I know that Tottenham are looking underwhelming, but then Arsenal were no no great shakes defence defence wise and Kane will want to score. So absence of Aguero, you you I mean if you really like the fixture, you have Sterling already. So I mean Sterling will exactly, probably yeah. Sterling has been a super super pick. Um, mm. So I mean Sterling is a a standout captain to me that week anyway. So you're yeah. kind of also sort of um, spreading spreading your risk there. So I would avoid that on on Bournemouth in general. Yeah, they're definitely. Underwhelming, probably not against, you know, it's probably more a case of us having such high expectations of them because they have delivered so well for us in the past. I mean, I sold Wilson and maybe he didn't deserve that because he's gone and gotten each week a five-point return, which is not a bad return, um, and he's been consistent. It's just that we haven't seen the the kind of excitement that we're used to and that free-flowing, free-scoring football from them. Um, so I think, I, I mean, we've said it before, if you have Fraser, I would be I would have removed him by now. I think there are far better options um, that you can go up to, go down to, or around the same, you know, assuming Marshall's not injured you have mount you have all sorts of people um and i think i think i would just be moving on in general that the city fixture was a difficult one obviously um but they their next fixtures aren't terrible but they're still not amazing and we haven't seen them kick start we all dove in because the the initial fixtures just looked brilliant i think that I would be looking to move to any number of form options in in the midfield, mid-priced midfield or mid to low-priced forwards range, if I had them, to be honest, and comfortable in the knowledge that if and when, and I would absolutely anticipate that they will come good again, 
go and move on to them. But I just I wouldn't go and do drastic hits to do it because they are still a team that is capable of coming out of the blocks and and doing really well. And you so you yeah. could regret it. But indeed, um, but I think we're, I think they probably are all losing value at the moment. All three of the the big Bournemouth attacking assets. I think it's putting people under pressure. Um, Dave Aston's arrogant cat. That's our Dave from Burnley was asking Marzi, um, which big gun is more at risk of rotation when Champs League and Europa starts proper? So can you think of any of the kind of big guns that you might be a bit nervous about? Probably City. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, Dave. <laughs> Dave is expecting what... you to uh, provide some value here, Mars. So don't <laughs> just... Do you think KDB could be at risk? I was just about to say, potentially KDB. Um, mm. Just the fact that, he, you know, big injury last season. At the moment, he's going nicely playing one game a week. Is, 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 is Pep going to risk him? I mean, he's huge for them. But then again, I think Pep is desperate to win the Champions League, so he might do anyway. Um, yeah. Which means that, so yeah, which means that he will maybe uh, suffer in the in the league. Um, as for Liverpool, for example, like there was an, an interview recently with Klopp, and he was basically saying that we're going to do it differently and we'll try and manage the it's in-game substitution. So basically, like he did with Mane at the weekend, 75 minutes, we were three 0 up, took Mane off. He will take. I see him doing that. In a lot of games, where he'll take one or two of the front front boys off, if we're if we're doing well, to give them a rest, um, yeah. and maybe in the in, in the in, in during the week, so the cup games to start with, and I think we'll continue seeing strong teams. So I think look, it's too easy to 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 start uh, thinking now, but I think for example, it's where where you have too many options. So if you look at City, they have you've got uh, Can, um, Cancelo and, and Walker now. I can see can that causing an issue, or would he use Cancelo in the um, in the Champions League or not? We need to see. Uh, it, when Mendy comes back, you've got Mendy and Zinchenko. At Liverpool, Robinson Robinson does not really have any anybody to to um, to fight with. And personally, I think we've seen so far in the first three games that we all prefer Trent to Gomez at right back, and unfortunately, I also prefer Matip to Gomez at centre back. So that makes for me Trent quite safe at the moment, but let's wait and see. Nice one. No, um, I think you're 100% right on that. It's very hard to predict. Um, FBL Thomas at FBL underscore Thomas 88 or 888, Kylie. Uh, what real changes would you bring into FBL if you could each bring one in? Uh, can be anything, but must be realistic and a way of improving the game. Thomas, you should check out our Getting to Know You episodes because we do answer that is actually one of our regular questions which we ask our guests who are all people from the FBL community so check up our back catalogue look up our account on SoundCloud or on any of the podcast providers and go back and find GTKY on any of them and um, and you will find some great interviews there and great chats with members of the community but uh, Kylie, how would you give us um, what, what would be your rule change that you would bring into FBL? I don't know if it's explicitly a rule change, but and it's not an original thought either. But I do wish there was more transparency in um, in the bonus points uh, or the BPS, sorry, and and how that's allocated because we do continually see each time that there's like a really random outlier. I mean, was it El Mahamadi who who got maximum bonus in a two-one loss to Bournemouth? 
And I'm sure his CBI was very impressive, and that's why um, he rated highly. But when you consistently see that free-scoring players are getting penalised in that way, um, and then you've got these other players who might be ticking a lot of boxes but are still conceding goals are getting bonus points, it can be just quite frustrating. So, I mean, bonus points are bonus points, right? Like, it isn't a reliable source of points but I do wish that there was sort of some degree of transparency and not just like a price list of oh do this you get that do this you get that sometimes it just doesn't quite add up for me good stuff Kate um I've got one uh, Don just a quick one a quick one that I thought of actually um you know and it's not it's not because I've done on KDB I will I will be on with him but I wish they they changed the the assist rule that it's a intended or direct assist, not a mishit or um, a player, it, the ball came off a player, went to another player and that counts as an assist. Cause it's just, Stop I trying think, to take my assist. I, I think it makes a mockery of what an assist is. If you pass yeah. it, and, uh, you know. Or somebody takes clear. a shot and it bouncing back off the keeper to go to somebody, that's not really an assist either. Yeah. But, well, well, you know, at, at least that's them are trying to score a goal and it comes back and at least they were involved. But, you know, a miss kick or there's, there's times I remember before where a player, you know, it, came, it, it flicked his thigh and went to the other guy. That was... Oh, yeah, Marcy, Marcy, this, sound, this sounds like another rant and you're only allowed one rant per podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, if you, you, know, if you, you want know. more, then you're going to have to up your <laughs> Patreon payments to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, I think it could be an easy one to fix, but just I thought of it when I saw Trans- the question. Transparency and the pricing is, would be a very easy one where they should have a chart on the homepage where they're showing the, the percentages or something like that, and, and it would be a very easy system for a little bit of transparency. That would be good. Um, but but having said that, may, maybe that would bring up a whole lot of raft of new problems. Um, let's move on to Mersey. Um, Ammo underscore 69 was saying he is getting, he or she is getting uh, an average of 50 to 55 points with his current team. And after wildcard, he would get more or less a similar point. So he's not majorly optimistic that he can improve it. So is wildcarding a good option or minus four or eight a, a better option? Um, a quick answer on that one, Mersey. No, minus four is fine. Keep your wild card. An average of 50 to 55 is, is not bad at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you don't sound like you need a whole lot of massive surgery on it, and you may need that later on in the season. Uh, Jamie Dodd, Kylie, J.D. Sucker was asking, thinking about one free transfer this week and rolling the other. It is looking like Perez to mount subject to fitness. However, I'm also trying to be more patient this year. Is giving Perez a fourth game a sensible approach or is it flogging a dead horse? Now, I know you said that you were absolutely delighted to get rid of Perez from your team. Um, and, and also, I should mention that JD Super did mention how, how, um, he really did miss the quality of my hosting skills last, last week. So I had to make sure Jamie got his, um, his team. With <laughs> you actually told him his question would be first. And just to show you, I said, I, I, read, the I, said, I, I said, read the Jamie, tweets and you don't. I'm going gonna, gonna to bump <laughs> you up the list, Jamie. Go on, Kylie. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, th- this is the exact move that I, well, one of the moves that I did um, for this game week um, is is move Perez for, for Mountain. I guess it was slightly punty going for Mountain at the time and a lot of people still would have been a little bit sceptical. He came and he he scored again and he has looked like a 
cons- or a more consistent option in a Chelsea side. And critically, I think while he has gone up a little bit, he's 6.2. So you can afford to do Perez to Mount in a single shot. And I think based on the form that we're seeing now, Mount strung a couple of returns together. And um, while Perez is still looking lost at sea without uh, any kind of flotation device, I, I think it makes sense to make that move. You're not married to punt, uh, to mount. You can move on at any kind of time, but it seems a good opportunity given the fact that Chelsea's fixtures are really nice. I don't think that you need to give more time to Perez because I would have felt that in three games, I'd have liked to see some kind of indicator that would suggest that there are reasonably imminent returns coming in order for me to stick around and I haven't really seen anything that has given me that confidence yeah good stuff thanks a million Kylie um Andre L Andre L0313 was asking Marzi I feel like we've reached a critical point in the season I know it's team dependent but how do you balance the FOMO Barnes Mount Abraham Harry Wilson etc and versus giving your team enough time. Also, how important is it to go into the international break with two free transfers? So what, what's your thinking on basically moving to those four players versus kind of letting your team um, have enough time to see if it's going to develop and how players are going to develop? Please tell me, you know, what FOMO stands for. Of course I do. Okay. What does it stand for? What does it stand for? <laughs> I do know. I've okay. heard it before. I, suppose oh, I, okay. I had okay. a box. Oh, I heard okay. it before. One of the one of the little whippersnappers told you running around. You know? <laughs> right. So anyway, to get back to, to get from what I remember from the question, <laughs> um, the first part, you know, you can't have every player. Try and stick to your plan. However, sometimes when you see a it, the play, you know. Somebody like Pookie, who's gone from hardly anything at the beginning to 33% owned, is not something that you should ignore if you have a King or, in my opinion, a Jota or a Morpai. You know, a punt. That you, because we, listen, I think at the beginning of the season, especially people who went with Wilson and King, it was a punt looking at the fixture. It's not working. Jump off. If you went with uh, Jota, again, three games, Pookie's flying, Jota's not. Jump off. Uh, more pie was a punt, so that that price was always going to be to be a a punt. Um, so you can jump off, but the, you can't. I'll go back to the same thing. You can't have every player, so you have to really balance it with regards to fear of missing out on 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 those holes. Look at the explosive ones. Look at the ones that are highly owned. The, there are still some of these players that are still punts, like Barnes, for example. He's he's been under ten. He's still a differential. So it really depends. Now the second question: Is it important to go into the into the? I don't think it's that important. I think it's 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 useful. Um, I think you can still u- think about use a wild card if uh, suddenly you have five players that get injured in the internationals. But I think it's nice to have two two free transfers to see what you want to do and if there's any injuries. But I don't think it's essential. Good stuff. Thanks, Mel Mercy. Um, the random question to wrap up our listener questions is, of course, still from Jeff at FBL underscore Thunder. In the st- style of Jumanji, which board game would you like to play by actually becoming part of the game? Um, Kylie, come to you first on this. Have you got any board game suggestions that you would like to be part of? She is completely... Maybe she's, maybe, maybe she's, maybe she's talking about charades. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's, she's there going, 
Board games? What are these things? Cutting you up, you. Googling board games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking. I was talking the whole time. And I was like, why are they not listening to me? And then he said something about charades. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. So we should leave this in, to be honest. No, I would, but. Anyway. Put it at the top of the pod, yeah. Um, okay, I'll. If we're leaving my FOMO bluff, then you're leaving that one in too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, as I said, I, I would just choose Monopoly because it's very lucrative and I could build lots of hotels and I'm, I'm really good at Monopoly. I'd absolutely nail it. So, yeah, that would be I would like choice. to see, I would like, to, I would like here to, to have a, ask a friend and bring Paul onto the pod to really understand how good you are at Monopoly or does he let you win oh, because you're going to have no. a piece of it if you lose or do you the cheat? F- you know, the, when anybody no, I says I'm cheat. really good at Monopoly, I always question it. Oh, well, okay. I'll put it this way. If you asked anyone what I'm like with board games, the, the kind of fear in the eyes is obvious because it's like it's like a disease. I, um, I have like a, a, an actual okay. clinical problem with being overly competitive. So <laughs> I believe in always winning. Um, that's why I started playing um, FPL because – I was like, well, it's a game. I, I can figure this out. I'm, I'm too competitive for my own good. It causes trouble. <laughs> I'd probably go with snakes and ladders because it'd be, I think it'd be a bit of crack sliding down the snake. Climbing <laughs> up a couple of ladders, you'd be happy days. It'd be a bit of crack and it wouldn't what, be too what, what, snake, what if the snake eats you? snake doesn't eat you, though. It just spits you out at the bottom. How and do the you way know you if it's real life? Nothing or anything worse. I'm thinking it's a slide that's shaped like a snake. No. They do have like. A I, <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we've exhausted this one anyway, Jeff. So um, thanks again for your random question. Excuse that's me, do I not even get a, do I not even get a say in this? You already picture one. You said um, I'm going to go for the game of life, and you're going to ask Paul. You're going to do a. No. Sorry, that was one. I would have. I, I was going to say Pandemic. I don't know if you guys have played it, but it's an awesome game, and it's all about like protecting areas and viruses spreading out, and you have to calculate your moves and take risks and stuff. And I would love to be involved, but I don't know if, spreading if you have played it. Spreading disease to everyone, and then so you can be the hero to solve it. Basically, yeah. Okay. I always knew you had a bit of a hero complex, Mersey. Um, the game week plans: <laughs> Captain Pick and Punt of the Week. Um, so this is our plans as they stand for the coming game week, and we also discuss our captain picks for the coming weekend. Um, so Kylie, come to you first on it, as the lady, and that's the kind of gentleman we are. Um, give us your plans <laughs> for the coming game week and your, and your captain. Let me start laughing. <laughs> um, okay, so game week plan. Yeah, tricky. I am hovering somewhere between holding onto my transfer um, so that I could go into the the international break with two um, and whether or not I should just cut my losses and get rid of Jota. The issue is that, I, as I said, I don't have any money in the bank now after last week's transfers, so my options would be really limited and I don't really fancy that. Um, that conversely, Josh is probably going to continue to, to fall in price, but I, I think I'm leaning towards holding at the moment just so that I have more 
uh, options for who I can replace him with in um, in the following game week. Um, in terms of captain, it's it's got to be Sterling from my perspective. Um, obviously, if you have Aguero, that's great because I think he could really clean up. But uh, I think Sterling's a superb option. Um, Punt, I'm probably going to stick with uh, Ola, as mentioned earlier, because he is at home to Norwich, and obviously Norwich are going to attack. They'll see that as a winnable game, I think, um, particularly given that their following game is against City. But I think that by doing that, they're going to leave plenty of opportunities there for West Ham, who will also want a result. So I, I think it could be quite a high-scoring game. Hmm. Yeah, it could indeed. Um, my own one, I'm on probably permanent kind of Sterling captain at the moment because on my wildcard I got rid of Salah for Manny. Bad game week to decide to do it, but um, well, Manny, I hopefully will come relatively close to replicating Salah form. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't be thinking to captain him against Burnley. I prefer that Sterling Man City fixture. Um, and yeah, like I said there, the, the Norwich boys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind in the slightest, but having, um, having a shot at Pookie, if you do feel like a bit of a risky pick, cause, um, Twitter would explode if, um, if, if he does it again, um, against West Ham. Um, probably my plans. Um, I do have four premium defenders at the moment. And maybe the idea might be I went a little bit of a punt on Otamendi with my wildcard simply so that I could get in Cantwell instead of Den Donker. It was basically going um Otamendi instead of Zinchenko um to to just basically to to that five point four versus five point five made all the difference. But um maybe to downgrade him to a four point five just so that I can get a little bit more money in the bank for over the international weekend if I want to to make another move. But um but other than that I might well bank the transfer as well. Uh, Marzi, how about yourself? What's your plans and who is looking at your captain and your punt pick for the game week? So I've already made my moves. I was already planning on that. So I brought KDB and uh, said goodbye to Mora. Uh, had to be a double move to, to be able to do that, which is which, which I'm fine with because I was doing the final uh, jigsaw. Um, yeah, Rico came in uh, as part of the downgrade of... Um, Montoya, as much as I love his name, he didn't really... Well, he delivered a clean sheet. One in three for a, for a 4.5 is not bad. Um, which means I have KDB, Sterling, Salah and Kane at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, I am starting Dendonka and Todd uh, in the 3-5-2 at the moment. And uh, my captain will be Sterling. And I think... I completely agree about the West Ham Norwich game. I think it was going to be an open game and hopefully full of goals. And I think Leicester Bournemouth could be the same. And I think Vardy could be a nice differential captain. Now he's scored one. I think the Bournemouth defence will be open. Um, and I think Leicester at home will want to build on that win. Brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, and the one that actually, extra little one is Emerson. Um, I mentioned earlier on um, the Chelsea fullback. He's playing um, instead of Alonso, of course, to start the season, and I've really been impressed with his attacking, um, his attacking style, and he does seem to get in the box a lot. So against Sheffield United, um, I at home, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if himself or Robertson, who both have been getting into good areas, um, returned in in game week four. But shall we? We shall wait and see. Um, let, folks, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. We have been Mars, you can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. And myself, you can find at the Marvel First. <laughs>
Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. And good luck in Game Week 4. Adios, amigo. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and them.